It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Premier Glass's team of experts enjoy bringing your vision to life. From upgrading your shower to giving your stairwell a touch of class. Visit PremierGlassAustin.com to book your in-home consultation today. That's PremierGlassAustin.com. Light the tower with Craig Way, Jeff Howe, and Snoop Daniel. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craigway, Jeff House, Snoop Daniel. Snoop must be recalling his forays into the strip club since he's playing Rock's Headley. Now this you know what look. Craig, this reminds me, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Y ninety five in Dallas? Yeah. That was like the king pop station before yeah. Kiss, but this what this <laughs> What is this about Snoop and script clubs? Did I miss something? Uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I haven't been to many of late, but I wouldn't mind. I'm not averse. I mean, I, I've heard it said that probably the the two most strip club anthem type songs would be this and "Pour Some Sugar on Me" by uh, yeah. Def Leppard. Probably would be the, the case. <laughs> uh, She's so, cute. I could yeah. save her. Uh, yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure you can. Just the dancing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, somebody said, uh, I, uh, old John in the Bay said, I love Sean Kemp, but if Quandre showed up in a number 43 Jack Sigma jersey, it would have been an all-time move, yeah, when he played for the Sonics. John wanted to know, by the way, he said he had a chicken biscuit sandwich from Chick-fil-A. He said, what is your guy's favorite breakfast sandwich? That might be yeah. it, honestly. Really? Yeah. And Sean Kent moves a really cool video game player. I yeah. love the uh, Whataburger breakfast on the bun, the Bob as they call it. You know, you remember the Rain Man Reeboks, bro? Back in the day, Sean Kent was. I mean, you, I talked about uh, 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 Anthony Hill having that box fade. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sean Kent was the and Sean Kent was the originator. He had the box fade and he had like a dip in it, and it, that dude was swag a million. Sean Kemp. That's why he also had a million kids. Yeah, but. he did. Yeah, that's a good point there. <laughs> As if on cue, that leads us right to the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook, and it's brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert, and your Longhorn lender. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan approval in a snap. She can, after all, be the one to turn that home loan approval around in 10 days or less. Check her out on the web at Bowersock. Team.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds. Bowersockteam.com. We're trying to, trying to celebrate Sean Kemp and Snoop is bringing up the, the, the nefarious side yes. of the Rain Man. Oh, no, it's a, a celebration, too. Those kids will grow up and be great. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, we're going to focus mostly on football in this edition of The Notebook. So from, from the standpoint mm-hmm. of closing out the 2023 class, Texas got to reveal finally. It was very, very horribly kept secret about Jelani McDonald already signing his national letter of intent, sending it to Texas, just waiting for the All-American Bowl to make the announcement, which he did on Saturday. I actually walked into my hotel room. Now, this was, remember, on Saturday, both the men and women played in Stillwater. So the men had the early game. It was an 11 a.m. game. And the women weren't playing 
until six o'clock. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went over to the hotel to shower and change, and I had to shower because I don't know if you heard there was no the the, the guys had no water at the hotel Friday. What? Yeah, yeah. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But um, so I go over after the men's game to shower and I turn on the TV like you do when you go into your hotel room. And it was right when Jelani McDonald was getting ready to unveil the worst kept secret, right? Yep. Uh, Texas likes him on defense, uh, likes him. He could be a linebacker, could be at that star position, could do a number of different things. Worked out a corner at the All American Bowl, but a really, really talented kid out of Waco Connolly. Picks Texas officially. So now, Craig, the Longhorns don't have much to do. They're going to still recruit Deuce Robinson until the bitter end. A really, really talented two-sport athlete, tight end, and a baseball player out of the state of Arizona. I don't remember if anybody remembers his dad, Dominic Robinson, played at Florida State. Was a really, really highly recruited prospect uh, back in the day. Is he? It's Georgia, is where we were. Right Georgia, yeah, yeah, Georgia seems to be up front. Yeah. But the ba- the baseball part of it is what's really mm-hmm. two things are really keeping Texas in it. One, Arch Manning, mm-hmm. and two, because I believe they met on a visit. I want to say the Clemson once upon a time, and really kind of bonded there and have stayed connected. And then, two, the baseball thing. I know David Pierce and his staff have been in contact with Deuce Robinson, and they're trying to work it from their angle, too. We, we talked to Keith last week about mm-hmm. how tough it is. Keith Moreland, by the way. You can hear uh, Keith's thoughts on Coach Gus. Go to the podcast page at hornfm.com. I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, but we talked to Keith just about how, t- how tough it was for him in the early mid-70s to do the football-baseball double, and now for guys just how almost impossible that would be. We've, we've seen a few guys do it. You know, Jameis Winston has done it. There's been a few guys that have done it, but it would be really, really tough. But uh, Deuce Robinson is good enough to pull it off. Speaking of, guy, speaking of a guy, Craig, mm-hmm. that could pull off the football-baseball double, that, if it's uh, other than Deuce Robinson, and maybe there's a, somebody on that player personnel staff just finds a, a late bloomer, a late riser that – on film says, hey, coach, we got to get this guy. They're probably done with high school prospects in mm-hmm. 2023. Now it's to the portal. It's to the portal. They've already signed a couple of guys out of the portal. Ryan Sanborn, who fills a need at punter out of Stanford. Uh, and then Gavin Holmes, the corner, not the Baylor receiver, but the corner out of Wake Forest, who's going to uh, be here this week when winter workouts start. Jalen Catalan out of Arkansas. He's a football baseball guy. From Mansfield. From coming out of Mansfield Legacy. He's dealt with a lot of shoulder problems. Mm-hmm. Dealt with a lot of shoulder injuries. But we've seen him when healthy. He's a difference maker. Uh, he visited AM. He also visited Purdue. And yesterday, and as of last night, the visit was still ongoing, visiting Texas. Mike Roach mentions this in the Stampede this morning. That's Mike's weekly collection of uh, VIP recruiting news notes and nuggets. Sounds like this is going to come down to a battle between Texas and Purdue. He really likes Purdue. Ryan Walters just hired Sam Carter, who was at Arkansas. Those two are obviously familiar with each other. But apparently Jalen Catalan really likes Ryan Walters as a defensive mind, thinks he would fit in well in that scheme, uh, the new Purdue head coach. So it it sounds like, uh, as of right now, Purdue might have a slight edge in this thing. But whether it's Jalen Catalan or not, we talked about the importance of Texas going into the portal. You know, they missed Jihad Carter, the the Syracuse transfer transfer. Texas was down in the final group for him. Uh, it was Texas and Ohio State. He ends up picking Ohio State. Uh, Texas, I believe, is going to look for safety help in the portal. You know, they really like the, what Jaron Thompson did. I think we all like what Jaron Thompson did late in the year hit surge. But you lose Anthony Cook, and then beyond that, you got a couple of young guys with B.J. Allen and Larry Turner Gooden, who got good reviews during bowl practices. You also got Keaton Crawford, who they transitioned from corner last year, who we saw play a little bit. So they got some bodies back there, but maybe at a veteran body that can compete and, and give you some quality reps there. So keep an eye on Texas being active. If they don't get Jalen Catalan continuing to be active in the uh, safety market, in the transfer portal. And that's pretty much, like I said, other than Deuce Robinson, 
you're looking at Texas going all in on the portal from here mm-hmm. on out. And again, it's key to remember two things. One, they're going to have attrition post-spring because everybody does. And two, you're in a recruiting cycle where it's an uncapped year in terms of initial counters. So as long as you have enough attrition to balance out your 85 and make sure you don't go over, there's almost, I don't want to say no limit to what you can add, but Sark has a really good idea of what the numbers are without feeling like, ah, you know, we have one counter left and maybe it's between those two guys. No, you can kind of take them, and if you've got an idea that attrition is going to happen, you can take those two guys if yep. you really like them. So it's going to be, I'm fascinated to see how an uncapped year and I asked Sark about that during the signing day press conference, and he said that's where it's really going to impact them is how many guys they're able to take in the portal. He said it really didn't impact them on a high school front. And as we've seen with Jelani McDonald, they're pretty much done outside of Deuce Robinson, really going to impact them on the number of portal bodies they can take. So I just wanted to uh, get every, tell everybody to get over to Horns 24-7. Mike has some other good recruiting news notes and nuggets about 2024 recruits. Uh, also about the uh, – High school relations job at Texas, vacated by Chris Gilbert. Looks like some candidates might be emerging in that job. So get over to the site and check that out. I, I, I mentioned that I wanted to, to bring this up. Actually, I'll get to the Gary Patterson thing here in just a minute. Brendan Marion, no longer the receivers coach at Texas. He takes. It's funny how Jimbo Fisher making a mockery of his offensive coordinator opening ended up impacting Texas at the end of the day. Yeah. Because he hires Bobby Petrino. Which everybody laughs. They have a good laugh about it. Well, now UNLV needs an offensive coordinator. And it's Brennan Marion, who was done at Texas after one year, and he's the OC at UNLV. He's going to go back to calling plays, which is a really big deal. He wants to become a head coach sooner rather than later, and this is a job that can more so fast-track you down that road if that's where you want to go. So Texas has a wide receivers coach opening, Craig, for the last, I don't know how many years, whenever Texas has had one of these openings, and they've had a couple of, couple of wide receiver coach openings. The guy I always go to is Emmett Jones, now at Texas Tech. Former, he was on Reginald Sample staff for a long time at Lincoln and Skyline. He was a head coach at South Oak Cliff. He was at Texas Tech under Cliff Kingsbury. Also worked at Kansas under Les Miles. And then one year for Lance Leipold, uh, he was back at Texas Tech with Joey McGuire. I think as far as an offensive mind, developer of the position, uh, being able to keep your recruiting ties in the Metroplex, specifically South Dallas, I think he would be a home run. The problem with that is, sounds like Oklahoma Keep in mind, they're looking for a permanent wide receivers coach since the Kale Gundy incident back before the year. Sounds like, oh, you might be closing in on making Emmett Jones their wide receivers coach. So uh, Mike Roach did a really good job. Uh, it's Mike's byline, but uh, I probably do it at Horns 24-7 as a staff. We all kind of contribute. Uh, Mike came up with 10 names to replace Brennan Marion. Some really intriguing names, Craig, including a guy that I know, I know you've been familiar with for a minute. Joe Price, the wide receivers coach at UTSA, who yep. was an assistant at North Shore, uh, cut his teeth on the recruiting front, but really has has put himself on the track to be a fast mm-hmm. riser with what he's done with that receiver position at uh, at UTSA. Justin Stepp at South Carolina is another one. Uh, Chancey Stuckey at Notre Dame. Holman mm-hmm. Wiggins at Alabama is a name that mm-hmm. was up there the first time Sark put the staff together before he ultimately uh, decided to just retain Andre Coleman. Kerry Colbert's a guy at Florida, former USC player, played in the NFL, worked uh, with Sark at U.S. Actually, Sark coached him at USC, uh, so he's a name to keep an eye on. You can go to Hornets 24-7 get the other names, but it's always interesting. I, I do think, and I'll credit uh, one of our posters on the flagship message board at Hornets 24-7 bringing this up. I think we focus on guys from the Metroplex, and we have focused on guys from the Metroplex for the wide receivers coaching job, but because of just because of the absence of Chris Gilbert, 
But could you piggyback it with a guy like Joe Price, who's got really strong ties in the Houston area, obviously, and then your high school relations job goes to a guy that's got ties in the Metroplex. So you're kind of filling two vital roles on your staff, two different positions, and you know you fill them with quality candidates. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see the way Sark goes with both of those jobs and if there's not a definite tie-in between the two. Last thing I want to get to, what does Gary Patterson think about TCU being in the national championship game? Well, Orange 24-7, we caught up with Gary Patterson uh, as as he's in L.A. Uh, Chip Brown put this together, and Chip mentioned that back in the summer, Gary Patterson told him, hey, TCU's got a chance to be pretty good. They're a veteran team. They're going to have a chance. And he was right, and he said, "It's a." He, this is a direct quote from Gary Patterson to Horns 24-7. He said about TCU, uh, it's a veteran team. The average age, of TCU's, average age excuse me, of TCU starters is closer to 23, whereas our starters average age at Texas this past season was closer to 19. That makes a big difference. Uh, Gary Patterson also said, some people think I went to work at Texas out of spite for TCU, but that wasn't it. I just needed to get away. When asked if he's going to come back for another year on Sark's staff, he said, after getting let go at TCU, I started working at Texas in January. So Kelsey and I didn't really get to take any times for ourselves. That's what we're doing right now, even taking this trip to California. I've never had a bowl experience as a spectator. This is new. So just kind of chilling right now. He did say it's bittersweet, but he's obviously all in on TCU tonight against Georgia. Absolutely. Uh, certainly is. Um, uh, the That was a pretty – Pretty meaty notebook there. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, CB says Brennan, Brennan Marion didn't live up to the hype. The wide receivers clearly regressed the season compared to last season other than blocking. I would think a lot of that gets put on Xavier Worthy in the uh, year he had. Brennan yeah. Marion lived up to the hype as a recruiter. Yeah. With DeAndre Moore and Jonte Cook, Ryan Niblett. Uh, and, and I think from that standpoint... CB, you're listening to Bucky too much, you know. <laughs> I think from he's, that, not, he's not with Brennan Marion. <laughs> I think, well, and I think from that standpoint, uh, you know, to, to get that kind of talent in the room, at the end of the day, the guys came to Texas for Brennan Marion, but it's still Sark's offense, so the roles aren't going right. to change. The, the upside for those guys won't change. Uh, I do think, though, you know, it, did Brennan Marion do as good a job as I thought he was going to do? Did the wide receivers have the kind of year I thought they were going to have? No, but I think a lot of that goes to the kind of year Xavier Worthy had. And honestly, when you talk about the younger guys on the roster, I'm more disappointed in the lack of the lack of opportunities guys like Save Young Red and Brennan Thompson got. Not so much their development, but we didn't really get to see what those guys could do. And part of that was you had a legitimate number one option emerge at tight end with JT That's Sanders. where I was going with that. I mean, there, there were going to be less balls thrown to the wide receivers because of what they were doing with JT Sanders. Let's see if I still have this pulled up. No, I don't have it pulled up right now. But I was looking at the targets, Craig, and yeah. I think I mentioned this when we talked about Jordan Whittington coming back. I brought, I brought this up last week. Uh, when you look at the targets that the Texas receivers got this season, Xavier Worthy... PFF is taking its sweet time. There we go. Xavier Worthy had 113 targets. Then you've got JT Sanders with 72. Jordan Whittington with 72. Then there's a gap from two, from tied for... Look at the targets that the Texas receivers got this season. Xavier Worthy... PFF is taking its sweet time. There we go. Xavier Worthy had 113 targets. Then you've got JT Sanders with 72. Jordan Whittington with 72. Then there's a gap from two, from tied for second to fourth is Bijan Robinson 
with 29. Yeah, it's and a big you, gap. And you don't have another perimeter skill guy show up until Casey Kane at 19. So heavy, heavy, heavy usage to those top three guys. And that's also why when those numbers are trotted out to Sark, he it, it, it's kind of a pish-posh to him that because of he says when we look at the passing game, we don't we don't break it down into how many balls the wide receivers are getting or this and this. We're gonna we're looking at it as who's helping us in the passing game, and that's where the tight end position took such a, such a major role. And the running backs season. too. I mean, yeah, we, we talked about it all off season. I mean, I know we talked about it on Longhorn Blitz. Rod was a big proponent of it, using more multi back sets. Mm. And Snoop and I kind of laughed at it last week while you were gone. Like at this time a year ago, and up until the start of the season, we were talking about Keelan Robinson from the standpoint of. Can he catch a ball? Like, can he just be, like, any kind of a viable threat? And he actually ended up having a really good year as a receiver out of the backfield and doing some different things with him. So, yeah, the, the wide receiver group, it left something to be desired, but I don't, I don't put that 100% on Brennan Marion. I, you know, Xavier Worthy, we know he had issues with the drops. Uh, the, bigger, the two bigger things are, and maybe one, in hindsight, we probably should have expected it, you got nothing out of a Jai Hall. Yep. And the injury to Isaiah Nayer completely yeah. changed the complexion of what we thought this offense was going to be. Troy O'Meary never able to get completely back and now headed yeah. for Arizona State. And you can say Tariq Milton, but like I said, yeah. Tariq Milton was an insurance policy for Jordan Whittington. Well, Jay Witt played all 13 games, caught 50 balls. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, you want to hear this thing about the water with the uh, basketball Yeah. Thing? Well, um, team charter leaves on Friday, uh, and we land – and when the team and we all get on the bus, word is sent down that there is no water at the hotel because there's been a water main break. Yikes. Now, nearby. Not at the hotel, but nearby. In fact, we even saw where it happened in the, in the street area where it was where they were repairing it. But they said the they were optimistic, the hotel was, and other people that uh, had been in touch with the city of Stillwater, that it was going to be repaired in time. Mm-hmm. So what happened was the team goes of the hotel. They were able to feed the team, and of course the team carries its own water and energy drinks, you know, sport, you know, Gatorade and all that other kind of stuff. They carry it with them. So there's plenty of hydration fluids for the team. It's just there's not any toilet facilities really. Well, you can't really flush the toilets or. Uh, use the showers at a very low pressure. Is everybody using their own toilet, or is it one toilet? Well, I, I well, one. It, no, no, I need uh, to know. no, uh, no, no. I mean, <laughs> in their own toilet in their room. own specific rooms. Okay. You had a little bit of, you had maybe a couple of flushes, and you had just a little bit of low pressure water. Right. That was it. Because you don't need like a pancake stack piling up or anything. No, like that. no, not that I know of. That, that so so they go. Isn't that what y'all did during no. the, the ice storm? No, Two years ago, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that happened in the bathroom. Yeah. I just heard it was like a war zone in that bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you're um, not disagreeing with yeah, us right yeah, now, are you? I know you're not. I didn't do it. We didn't say you did it. You know, you're protesting a little too loudly no. there. You know, uh, whoever put graffiti uh, on the wall should be shamed. All right, <laughs> gosh. So none of that like happened. Finger paintings. Okay. Yeah. None of that happened. Okay. <laughs> so they fed the team. Then uh, they chilled for, for a little while. Then they went over to Gallagher-Iba. So went over and had a practice there where the toilet facilities were working fine. That's and good. All that, that other kind of stuff. So they did, had a really good practice on, uh, on Friday. And then 
um, the word was, here's what's going to happen. We're going to dinner. The team was going to go uh, to a nearby steakhouse and we was going to have dinner. We're going to find out if the water is working. If it is not working, this was the word that came down, uh, we're going to a different hotel was, was the deal. So, um, meantime, uh, my, produ- my engineer producer on the road, Dave Garrett, and I had some other work we had to finish uh, there at the arena. So, we didn't go with the team to dinner. We stayed, and then we went to Hideaway Pizza, which is a Stillwater you know, landmark. So, we went there and grabbed a pizza or whatever. And then I got back to the hotel before the team did, and I asked the guy at the front desk, is the water working? He said, yes. I went, oh, good. And he goes, but it might not be all night. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's working right now. They did a stopgap thing, but they need to come back and swap out some parts. So it might go down for a little bit again, but then be back. But that would be pretty late. I was like, okay. So I went back to the room, and it was working. Nice. Water was working fine. Blah, blah, blah. Get done. Bedtime comes. Go to bed. Wake up early in the morning. Because remember, it's an 11 a.m. game. The team meal breakfast was 730 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Get up. It's back at a trickle. Back at a trickle. So what am I going to do? I, well, at first I eat breakfast. Go back. What am I going to do? Well, it's I say it's a trickle. It's like a real low flow, and it's all cold water. So I take what's known in the industry as a horse bath and go there, and you know, and you just get a washcloth and you wash under your arms and your upper chest and all that other kind of stuff, and try to clean yourself up Why as is best it as possible. A horse bath. <laughs> don't don't even go there. Okay, so I get, that sounded like a. <laughs> like a question coming from your toddler. Yeah, really. So Where do uh, babies come from? Yeah. <laughs> so the team doesn't have any more doesn't have any water. Uh it, but I get dressed, I go over there. Well what they did was they took the team over early to Gallagher Iva and uh they actually went over and showered before the game. They well, did that's good, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and uh and then and then they go out and play the game and they win. And one of the questions I asked Rodney Terry and I asked Brock Cunningham as well in the post game. We'll hear it in the next hour. Is uh, did you uh, did maybe a superstitious thing? You keep going this. Rodney Terry was like, "No, we're not doing that." And Brock was, like, "I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing." I, you know, so that's what happened with the water. It didn't come back on after that. Uh, so fortunately, when the game was over, I went over to the women's hotel uh, where the women's basketball teams were, where they had no water issues, and I was able to actually. Take a full shower <laughs> afterwards, change clothes, and then go back over to call the women's game on Saturday night. So, other than going to, how was the steakhouse? By the way, good. I didn't go with them because oh, I, I stayed with Dave to do. We had to work out a couple other technical things, and we went to Hideaway Pizza. The uh, okay, well then you almost got the full tilt Gerald Texas experience with the no running water. Oh, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. All you needed was a nice helping of possum or raccoon for dinner. Okay, and, uh, all right. Well, it was in Payne County, Oklahoma. All right. Uh, we have a delicacy up there. <laughs> up next, we have Inconceivable and Light the Tower continues on the horn.